this is the Joyful Mama Show. We want to help you take actionable steps toward dreams that have more impact, family life that has more peace, and motherhood that has more joy. We think that it's time for moms to rise up in entrepreneurship and change the world. But let's face it, it's hard to sort through all of the ways we get stuck in our own heads and all of the things we feel like we're supposed to be doing. How can we change the world when we're overwhelmed with trying not to feel overwhelmed about homeschooling or power struggles with our kids or taking care of our own hearts, our bodies, and our minds? We want to give you the tools to find rest, joy, and healing while also taking your business and your dreams to the next level. You know you were made for more than hustle. You can feel that you were made for more than the lies that hold you back. And we believe that you were made for amazing things that impact the kingdom of God and the people that God has given you to impact for Him. You were made to be a joyful mama, to have a heart that is thriving, not striving. And we want to help you step into the fullness of all you were created to become. What would you tell a mom that maybe has been through some hard things, is building her business, homeschooling her kids, but maybe hasn't really connected with that sense of identity of like, I can do this. I can do anything God has given me. Nothing is too difficult. Like I can find a solution. He's with me. This is my assignment. I can do this. What would you tell that mom that really hasn't kind of gotten to that place of really believing that yet? I would say that you can borrow my belief in you. (laughs) I would say that at the beginning, it doesn't feel like you can. And the confidence, especially if you've been through a traumatic relationship and you've been through any kind of abuse or anything like that, which is very common for a single mom when they're starting out, they're coming out of trauma and their belief in their confidence level is so low. You have to borrow belief and you have to borrow faith and you have to of course, really get in the word. One of the things that I did at the beginning was I I turned off the TV. I opened my Bible. And if I was listening to something, even like while I was doing dishes or driving, I would be listening to like heroes of the faith, tell their stories of like overcoming, like even crazier insurmountable odds. Like I'd listen to Heidi Baker, who was like feeding orphans in Africa and seeing like people healed of disease and deafness and like food multiplying crazy things like that. And then it seemed like not as the shovel snow or capture a bird, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So like really getting a, like a global perspective on like, what are people doing in the world for, for the Lord? That's like actually like huge. And then like your problems don't seem as big, you know, at the time we were in the United States considered poverty level, but they give you a link card. So I still could go to this grocery store and buy whatever food we wanted. So it was always this perspective of like gratitude and then looking for ways I can serve those who had even less than we did. Um, And there's always an opportunity to serve somewhere, no matter how little you have, you can find someone who has less and still offer hope. So we just made a habit of that. We would go hang out like in the projects in our little town. And I'd introduce my, my girls to kids who had less, who like lived in the housing and had, they didn't even have a car. And so they all, well, we have a car and we have, you know, so there was just always something to be grateful for. So when you get in that place where like, oh my goodness, no matter how little we have, it could be so much worse. Then you're 
perspective just shifts and there's no this like, oh, poor me. I'm Mm -hmm. in this really hard season. And you just, I started to, I think from listening to the stories and surrounding myself with people who I could actually still help and had something to offer them. I just was always grateful. So, yeah, I think even for myself, like when I'm going through a really difficult situation, I've learned that it helps me to start praying, at least praying for people I know who are in really hard situations too, because it's so easy to go so inward. And mm-hmm. yes, you want to like, you know, you don't want to minimize your pain or minimize what you're feeling or what your experience is. But at the same time, like remembering that there's other people going through similar things and harder things than you. Mm-hmm. And you can actually like get outside of yourself and bless those people, whether you're praying for them or like you said, actually physically serving them or being with them. I feel like that's such a key. And like mm-hmm. you said, surrounding yourself with people who are also doing hard things for the Lord, like remembering you're not alone. I think, I think sometimes we feel really special in our pain. Like we feel like <laughs> we're the only ones and no one else mm-hmm. is experiencing pain like we are. Mm-hmm. And although our pain is valid and it, you know, our story is unique, it, it's not true that nobody else is experiencing hard things. So you're not, mm-hmm. it's not just you. Like you can look to other people yeah. who are experiencing hard things and look to them for encouragement of how they're facing yeah. it. I think if there's one more thing that I would want to leave that mom with or anyone who's just going through like a hard thing, it would be, you know, remembering that every, in every season, I, and especially in that season, I felt like this is like this intermission of my life. Mm. At the beginning, I felt like that, like, oh, someday we'll get a restart where I'll like get remarried and have more kids. And it felt like this is just like an in-between season. But what really helped me was realizing like it all counts and you're writing your story and you're setting the example for your kids every single day in every single season. And so the way you show up and the way you, the way you live out each and every day even just in your like posture with your kids, your posture with the Lord, your attitude, your, the gratitude, all of that, like they're watching. And I remember the times when it would be hardest to have like the right mindset, the right heart posture, all those things, what would keep me like from veering too far off course would be the reminder, like my little girls are watching how I live this out. This isn't an in-between season to them. This is their actual life. Mm. This is their story and I'm their mom. And I'm like really the only example they have of who Jesus is right now. So it was a very sobering like reality check, but also super life-giving because when you get, I guess it's like leadership 101, it doesn't start when you take a stage or when you get a platform. Leadership starts when no one's watching, right? So it was always like, how am I faithful in my home with these two little girls and Jesus when it's just the four of us. And that was like enough to keep me wanting to keep going and, and becoming the best version of myself and knowing that ultimately if I was faithful, God says we go from glory to glory and there are always promotions. And so knowing like, if this is my story and this is how it has to start, like right now, then as I'm faithful, we're going to have some upgrades. (laughs) Mm. 
somehow. And I don't know what those are going to look like. And they're, they're not always, you know, status or financial or anything like that, but there's always glory to glory. And so I wanted my little girls to be proud of me. And I wanted them to look back on that season and remember it with joy, not with like pain or sorrow. So I just made it as fun as I could. You know, we had, we had lots of dance parties and it was, you know, just being present and silly in the midst of things not being the way we thought that they would go. So how were you able to be fun and silly and present when you were also experiencing grief and loss of what you thought your life was going to look like? Well, I kept worship music on a lot. And I really do think that when you're the atmosphere shifts, when there's worship, just going. And so I always had worship music on. And then of course, what I was feeding my mind and feeding even through my ears was just constant, like the word. And I knew my mind needed to be renewed and rewired because I'd been living in dysfunction for a while. And so it was, I remember reading like Bill Johnson's book, The Supernatural Power of a Transformed Mind and just praying, God, renew, like rewire my mind. I know I don't think in line with your word because I've been in this like fog. So it was very intentionally like seeing the reality like this this isn't how I thought it would go, but it's a fresh start. And then just, I think it it really clicked. Like I get to, I'm not stuck anymore. I'm not trapped. And I never was. I just thought I was no, we're, none of us are stuck. We get to design the life we want. And once I caught a hold of that, it was easy to kind of let go of some of the things that weren't the way I thought and get excited about all that could be in the future. And, and plus it was just, it was just that me and these two little girls who by nature were very happy and fun. So I'm like, God, just make me like a kid again, make me like a little, I want to be like them. Let me be free. So we would just turn on. I remember what we played on repeat was the loft sessions from Bethel music. Do you remember that album? Mm -hmm. We listened to that over and over and over. And we just danced around and sang and we're so silly. I remember one night. It was like pitch black. I don't know what time of night it was. It was definitely after bedtime and it had started snowing. And we looked outside and it was like the big snowflakes and the whole ground was covered. It was like the first snow of the year. And the girls are like, can we go outside and build a snowman like right now? And I'm like, right now? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so we did. And it's funny, those little things, like they remember those little moments that I could have so easily been like, no, I want to go to bed. but. For some reason, it had to have been just the grace of God, because I say no a lot more now. (laughs) But I said yes to things like that. And it made the season like been something that they look back on like, oh, yeah, we were so poor. I had to sit on a bucket. I don't think they even remember that the bucket or the air mattress. They just remember that it was the three of us and it was like a party all the time. So. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, here's my last question. Okay. How did you shift from having a job to <laughs> <laughs> to being an entrepreneur? <laughs> and when did you feel like that like when did you feel that you were supposed to be an entrepreneur and you started like investing in yourself and you saw yourself as good soil to invest in to grow like when did that shift happen? 
Okay. So I started out waitressing and then I started nannying. Um, and so I would take the girls with me to this family's house through the week and then waitress like every other weekend. And then I eventually stopped waitressing and just was the nanny. And that was like a full time Monday through Friday. And I got to a point where it was like living in that country house, getting up early in the snow, driving the kids to this house that was a half an hour away. And I'm like, this is so hard. Why don't I just babysit kids in my own house and start my own thing and have the freedom? So it was always that like, what's the next level of freedom? What's the next Mm -hmm. level of freedom? So from waitressing to nanny, it was like, well, now I don't have to leave my kids at all. So that's more freedom. And then going to someone else's house versus kids coming and being dropped off at my house was like the next level. And then um, it was during that time that I met Dave and then we got married and then I got this little break of no job or any endeavor. And then it was like, oh, we're, you know, six kids and one job aren't totally computing. I needed to find something, but I had gotten that taste of freedom with time freedom. And I wanted to be able to not have to do the trading time for money thing anymore. It would have felt like a, this huge step backwards. So that was when I first invested in a mentor and you and I saw the same Facebook ad (laughs) to invest in, well, it it was first like a free masterclass, but that was when I first heard someone say you're good soil and what's in your hand. And I got this vision for what if I mentored single moms and, and gave them the keys that I walked away with from that season. And so again, borrowed faith, my husband, you know, use the credit card we had just paid off to invest in this mentor. And I jumped in with both feet and made a bunch of messes, (laughs) but learned like, again, just that it had become almost second nature at this point, like just do something scared, just be afraid and do it anyways. And it's okay if you're rejected and it's okay if it doesn't work, just keep trying. Um, And so it was almost like muscle memory, but even scarier because now I was asking people to give me money who were strangers and all of that. But it was, how can I add value to the world and there be some kind of an exchange that doesn't cost me time with my kids? That's been the ultimate pursuit with entrepreneurship. And how can I bring them into it and not pull me away from them and from my my calling to, to my family? So I hope that answers your question. Right. Yeah, that's so good, Liz. I love um, just where God's brought you. And I remember meeting you at that point where we both entered that mentorship. And I thought you were just like the most confident, like you were so likable. Everyone loved you. And, um, I remember feeling so insecure in that group, like so insecure. Um, that was the first time I had ever been in like a mentorship like that. And when you get around people who are also wanting to run in business, like it can just bring up a lot of feelings because suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, am I, do I belong here? Like, am I as good as these people? Like everyone seems to have it all together except me. And it's just funny because like, nobody really has it together. I I did not have it together. I was just as scared. That's so funny because I was not confident. I was terrified, but I was just committed. And then, you know, when someone puts when someone says you're good soil and then your husband puts money on the line and it's like, I, I you're good soil. I'm going to, we're going to invest in you. It puts a demand like a healthy, like I, I want to prove you right. 
you know, I want to make you proud. And so I'm going to go all in whether I feel like it or not. And um, so if I looked confident, I was probably faking it. <laughs> but um, I, you know, I, and I'm still scared, like every single thing I do, you know, I was just at our company's retreat and was asked to speak on the stage. And this is the third year in a row I've gotten up on the stage and spoken in front of the, you know, the crowd for this company. And I was just as scared this year as I was the first year. Someone did come up to me afterwards and say, you seemed less nervous than you were last year. So that's good. I'm like, well, that didn't really help, but <laughs> it kind of helps. Thanks, I guess. Uh, I think it definitely helps everyone else around you to know that you were scared because I think everyone sees the tenacity that you've built and like the, the, I'm just going to do it. Like you do hard things. I've watched you over and over through the years, do really hard things and always just, you put yourself out there. You do the thing that feels totally uncomfortable and that no one wants to do, (laughs) especially not you. No. And you just do it. And I think if there's anything I've learned from you, it's like, just do the thing. Like, it doesn't matter how you feel about it. It does not matter because I've watched you over and over do things that are scary and hard. And I don't even know you're scared until afterward or something because you look so confident doing it. But it's always Mm. an encouragement to me to just... It doesn't matter how you feel about it. And it doesn't matter what anyone else feels about it. Just do it. Like this is building something inside of you and making you into a different person. And I love hearing your story about just how you continue to level up and go from next season to next season, just whatever God had for you and walking in more and more freedom. I think it's super encouraging. Thanks, girl. <laughs> that is encouraging. It. I think it's Jim Rohn that says you can suffer the pain of one of two things, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. And I think we all know what it's like to feel regret. And yeah, I just don't want, I don't want to feel that any more than necessary. So I'd rather just do it now (laughs) and try, you know, Mm -hmm. you you just, I think we all want to look back on our lives and know that we gave it our very best Mm -hmm. and not leave anything on the table, you know, just Mm -hmm. go all in and see how far we can take our dreams. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Bro. And then I recently, um, I have copyrighted my own quote of, <laughs> yeah, I didn't really copyright oh. your face. Well, was you like, you copyright? So proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> of, um, I can die on the inside because I'm not stepping out like I need to, or I can die to myself mm-hmm. and do it anyway. So either way I'm dying. <laughs> I'm either going to shrivel That's up and die because so I'm not living my life and showing up for it. Or I can just die to myself and die to what I'm feeling and die to what I think people think about me and do it anyway. And it's my choice, but either way I got to die. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. That's exactly true. Yeah. So I'd rather die to myself and make an impact than let the dream die with me. That's right. for sure. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Again, we would love to hear the hardest thing you have ever done. Mm-hmm. You can respond on our Instagram post. Um, there's a question of the week. I even made a little highlight that has all our questions from previous oh, awesome. weeks. But you can go to just our profile and see them all. But 
We would love to hear from you. We want to hear how you have overcome, or maybe you're doing the hardest thing you've ever done right now. Maybe you're in the middle of it and it's messy and that's okay too. We would love to hear about it. So we will see you guys next time. Bye. To get our free heart-centered homeschooling ebook or to book a breakthrough call about homeschooling or business with Sarah, visit the links in the description of this podcast. Also, we always want to hear your questions or ideas for new podcasts. So do please slide into our DMs on Instagram or post in our Facebook group. We would love to hear from you.